it's a packed week, but we're always prepared to explain the fighting is way easier from outside the cage, which means it's time to break in to your week for some UFC 217 coverage, because definitely fighting is easier from outside that cage. I am your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? You watched the fights. You saw them. You got a piece of last night's taste. You're ready, right? It's just like such a sports overload. We've got the World Series. We're just following beat by beat what's going on with the Dodgers and the Astros. The NBA started. You know, we're trying UFC. Maybe just punch up that middle card. But Damian Maya fought. And that's yeah. exciting, right? No. Uh, Not quite as such. Um, mm. You said it best, and maybe this is where we start. Mm-hmm. Not looking so good. Looking a little mm-hmm. slower. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'm ready to talk. All right. I put up a meme. Many of you have seen it. I'm excited to talk about it because I've I've held this in all day, Kevin. And it's it's really it's torn me up. Okay, here we go. I put up a meme with Monique, I believe from the movie Precious. I can't prove it. But I said this was my feeling. This was me watching Damien Maya and Leota Machida lose. And it's of Monique crying and saying, this too much. And it was. Here's why. There comes a point in most athletes' time when they start to get a little aged out of the process. It's not fun. It feels like you can see it happen forever. But there's no reason anybody should get excited to see Damian Maya lose. Unless you're Colby Covington, which I have some issues with, but I'll come to him in a second. But watching Damian Maya lose and seeing him do more stand-up was great. In terms of, you know, he's trying to flesh out his game. He's trying to do some more boxing. And at first, he was bloodying up Kobe, I believe. Second round, it looked like he was exhausting himself because he couldn't get that single leg takedown. Kobe was very wise to that, sprawled out a number of times, made it increasingly difficult for Maya to at all get any kind of reaction. At one point, I think they were saying maybe he should pull guard. And that seems like an also kind of bad choice. But at this particular juncture, I guess, I think toward the end of the third round, I was like, I guess, why not do that shit, dude? This is terrible. <laughs> He'll hug him. <laughs> I don't know. But Damian Myatt, who is that. a jiu-jitsu hero of all of ours, watching him lose is a terrible thing. It also gave credence to one Colby going out and then calling the rest of Brazil garbage. What was your reaction to that, Kevin? You know, I was surprised at the bravada. I thought it was a chance for Colby to maybe put it in the holster, but he was not interested in doing so. I, I kind of get it in the sense that is this a little bit of the jail residuals? Like, this is kind of where we're at. It's going to happen. Here's where I found it was confusing from one sense, which is he was trying to make the points of saying, you know, it's not fair that Brazil could yell all these homophobic things and call me an asshole and call me all these names. And I can't respond. The issue I have with it is for him to then use that as some sort of moronic justification for him to say something of equal or stupider value. But here's where it gets to a really confusing point. What he was just doing as he was saying these things, there was no wit. There was just screaming and yelling. And I thought to myself, 
oh my god, do you have no charisma? Do you have no actual belief in what you're saying and will actually be witty that you're just going to yell scream it? Because to him, I thought he thought, man, I killed that. I crushed that. When in actuality, most of us who watched it go, that's pretty stupid. The fallout of the day after is, of course, him putting out a note. And it's a big fuck you to, I think, a lot of people who like politically correct responses. But he doubled down on it. And he said something today. Did you happen to see this response, Kevin? No. Um, it, well, well, how do you think his response? You know, in the heat of the passion, I want to just apologize. I could have uh, phrased my remarks a little bit nicer. Every, okay. Everybody's equal in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> Here is uh, what is referred to as a formal apology. I went to work last week. I screamed at, I was screamed at, spit at, assaulted with water bottles and other obja- objects by an angry mob and serenaded by 10,000 voices yelling, you are going to die. My employer had to place security at my hotel room to protect me. I would like to formally apologize to any filthy animal I offended by comparing them to my host in Sao Paulo. Sincerely, Colby Covington. Okay. So here we go. You got somebody here who thinks that they're saying something super witty. And the people who are really going to get behind this are like, yeah, fuck you guys, Brazil. He had the moral high ground for like a half second and might have just turned a corner. But this is a guy who clearly wants attention. And we're giving it to him. But I will say there is a learning mechanism in this from the PR strategy angle, because Kevin and I are PR students, scholars, if you would. Uh, this is fucking stupid, Kevin. <laughs> you know, it's um, first of all, if I, you want to offer some advice, Colby, move the fuck on. Go to the next. Listen, Maybe Colby, like here's, focus on your family and your fighting. And here's what I want to say to you, dude. Don't cry at me that you were spit at and assaulted with water bottles. You know what the best thing that we have going on in this world right now? When people fight and they get angry at each other and they don't know how to connect with other people, sports somehow brings us and unites us together. Now, granted, it can divide us, but at its best, sports, if you honorably beat somebody, and granted, nobody there wanted to see you beat Damian Maya, even me, and I'm not Brazilian, bro, but when you do, it speaks for itself. It is an act that supersedes anything else. And you have a true moment where you can say something to the effect of, man, it was a great fight. This is a warrior. I want to say what I want to say. But to take from the chill book is a dangerous game if you yourself don't have the wit of one chill sonnet. And what you had is what you do when you get a copy of a copy. It just kind of comes out real shitty. Um, that's essentially what we got here. So to, to Colby, I know you, what you did may have made you, uh, a shoe in for getting class president in sixth grade. Probably not going to be so great here for a long-term strategy because I'll let you know one big residual from this, Kev. What? Tyrone Woodley. All he had to do was say, look at this guy. Terrible. Am I right? And Tyrone Woodley himself was a guy who made mistakes and said stupid shit. So now you make him look like the world-class competitor by taking the high road and saying, oh, this guy, am I right? (laughs) And he said dumb shit, too. So now you've made him out to be the hero. You're going to be the heel. And more people are going to be talking about your dumb shit that you're talking about (laughs) rather than your actual fight performance, which was very impressive against a world-class competitor like Damian Maya. Now let's return back to Damian Maya for a second, Kev. 
<laughs> Watching him get old before my eyes. I know it. I know it's happening. I could see that third ranked in the division the whole time they were doing this fight. But to really actively start to prepare for Damian Maya to start uttering the words, I am going to retire from the sport of mixed martial arts, it made me a little sad. Because it made me start to think, we need another jiu-jitsu person to take up that stead. And it was almost like Lovato saw the bat signal and started working yeah. movement. I swear, those videos published at the exact same time. <sighs> Lovato was like, I've heard. I'm on my way. <laughs> it's perfect. So anyway, um, there's that. That's what I got for you on that. Board. And I, I'm not as surprised Leota Machida lost. I mean, come on, everybody. Let's, let's get a grip. Everyone's like, ah, oh, it's the end of an era. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Well, okay. Shut up. Machida, Machida's era ended a few fights ago, is my point. That's all I mean. I just, I, okay, so now we're talking about Machida. So there's an article that said, did Joe Rogan curse him when he said this is the start of the Machida era? And people, whenever you call something an era, people are very prone to saying, uh-uh, or I can't wait for this to die. For Machida, I think he definitely had a mark. He definitely ushered in a very good sense of karate. I think he got old uh, in terms of how people would figure him out. They created very good strategies with him. We saw it with Anderson Silva. We saw it with a couple other fighters uh, in, in the more recent of years. And then you start to wonder, were you against USADA? Did you do something there? Did you fuck up? Because we've seen the before and after photos. So take all those things aside. It's just a little slower and sadder to see. So watching those two people uh, lose yesterday, uh, I wasn't the only one. Because as my wife so effortlessly pointed out, Kevin, she said, oh, nobody is in that crowd. Everybody left the minute he lost. They literally picked up their, uh, their phones, their purses, their beers, their flags, and uh, took their homophobic and angry chants with them, uh, according to Kobe Covington. But there you have it. I mean, it was a strange event. There were some really cool things that happened at, at USC Sao Paulo. And uh, it's overshadowed by all of this nonsense that did happen. But I would say for this, um, to those two people, they are definitely a huge part of the sport. Damien Maya, amazing. Held it down for jiu-jitsu. That's great. I'm a little nervous to see what happens next, but hopefully they can find him some good fights. Uh, and then for Machida, you know, does he really want to do this anymore? I think he's a martial artist, but at a certain point, you know, do you start to look at your own health? What do you want to do? So I guess that's the question we have to look at with Machida. Um, I don't suspect he would be done, but I know that having seen what I've seen over the weekend, Kev, I'm prepared for us to see the beginning of the ends of those eras. Mm. That's tough. Lot, what a career, though. Like, you know, yeah. that's, that's the good thing. It's supposed to feel this way. That means we care. Yeah. It's nice. Yep. Well, we have a lot of UFC 217 to talk about. Yes, we do. Yeah, are you ready to roll? Are you ready to do this? Because I'm ready yeah, well, to plug some jiu-jitsu, <laughs> north-south, lovely <laughs> lingerie. Wait, it's, we don't call it lingerie. I don't think we do that one. No. Oh, oh, my bad. So let's just stick. Let's just stick with underwear. I kind of like lingerie. I, I don't think we should go lingerie. I think that is something that our sponsor never fully I... uh, checked off on. Okay, fine. 
fine northsouthjujitsu.com, north south jiu-jitsu underwear there. That way we're we're sticking with the confines, breathable in a way you're not prepared for. And I like the way they look. I really do. It's so good. And uh, I trained. I enjoy you getting those out, training, being in them. It's, dude, it's the best. I, I got to tell you that much right now. You run faster. Prove me wrong. <laughs> North, south, jiu-jitsu underwear. Let's go talk UFC 217. Yeah. All right, here's the thing. Kevin, it's a pay-per-view week. It's one of the biggest pay-per-view weeks the UFC is hoping for for this entire year. That means when two people come together who are rivals, you need to bring on somebody who is the equivalent of that rival to us. And when those people aren't available, you go down to the bottom of the barrel. But Kevin, I guess what I'm alluding to How here low? is... Like, I mean, the scale you know, it's of, pretty... uh, you know, a Kardashian spinoff. That's a great question. This is like Kim and Chloe go to Miami or something. I don't know. I I know they went to Miami at some point. But anyway, I digress, Kevin. Do you have any guesses as to who I brought on for this week's Over Under Kevin? I mean, I I presume it's uh, one of the many people I've already defeated because I've just lay slain the entire community. So unless it's Lovato, I can't imagine who you brought up. No, but don't worry. Lovato, I'm saving for a special occasion. This person, you might be smarter than, and I don't say that often, what? but I also can't prove that you are. So here's what I'm going to do right now, Kevin. We have put together a special team between our lawyers and their lawyers, and we have come up with the truce for one of our rivals to have him come on and make an appearance for a very special week where we do over under Kevin for UFC 217. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome from that other podcast up north, inside BJJ or penetrated BJJ, depending on what your preference is, Matt Freeman. Big motherfucker, how are you? Finally, Big and Matt has returned to the Verbal Tap podcast against <laughs> my better judgment, I might add. <laughs> of course, we definitely drugged you up real hard to come on this one. Uh, let's ask this. Do you respond more to Big MFR or to Matt? I prefer Big MFR. That's, um, Great. That's so, Matt, important. my question for you is... You've got something going on. And again, we we had our lawyers go over this back and forth. There are things that we can talk about and things we cannot. But you have a thing that you are promoting that is an actual, in the Venn diagram of you and me, is an overlap. What are you promoting, sir? Well, actually, um, uh, we timed this to where it wouldn't interfere with um, UFC New York. But November 4th, we're going to start a little bit early. So um, TWS has got what we call turmoil, professional wrestling. Uh, Lucha Underground superstar Vinny Masuro, the master and innovator of, we, of what we call Italian Jiu-Jitsu, is going to be facing none other than former UFC fighter, still the New York badass Baroni, Stockton, California. And we timed this thing so we cannot miss UFC New York. It'll be over by the time UFC New York starts. Wow, that's impressive. That, that's good scheduling. Not the type of scheduling I would ever assume from you guys, but I do think it is impressive that you have Phil Baroni, who was in the jiu-jitsu news recently. Let's put a pin in that because we'll return back to it. My question for you, Matt, is this. Why pro wrestling? You've already been ruining the world of jiu-jitsu. Are you looking to ruin the world of professional wrestling? I've done a lot for jiu-jitsu. Um, 
I helped AJ Agazari get slapped by Jake Shield. I was part of helping Vladimir Hocha kick AJ Agazari <laughs> off of a stand. So I think I've done my part for jujitsu. I've, I've done all I can. Now I'm going to leave it up to the little people that like yourself to take jujitsu further. Um, oh, I am going to jump into the world of professional wrestling where it really is as real as it gets and help them out to bring them to our block to level up jujitsu. When you say it gets as real as it gets, when you bring somebody like Phil Baroni, I do wonder if that's an actual uh, threat or a preview as to what's going on. Because I've heard rumors, sir, of things that transpired at Submission Underground 6. I do believe you were there. I do believe Phil was a little confused as to the rules between his match with AJ. I would like to know what the fuck took place there, sir. Well, okay, so number one, um, we're told main event is going to be AJ, Agazar, and Phil Baroni. And I thought, first of all, I thought, Phil has no chance. He's not going to last longer than a minute. Also, I find out, this is, I don't know if anyone else knows this, but they had Dennis Hallman on standby in case Phil didn't show up. <laughs> um, so, uh, as time's going on, the, 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 you know, the matches are going, and everyone else is there, and Phil's not there yet. So, it's like, no one sees Phil. And then, uh, so finally, as I'm watching one of the matches, I see a guy come up with a backpack. He's got a big area on it's Phil Moroni. And he walks up to me and says, you know where the fuck the bathroom is at around here? <laughs> so um, I direct the Phil to the bathroom. And um, when he comes out of the bathroom, I, I, I say, Phil, you know, you might be able to drag this thing into overtime and catch AJ in the overtime round. And he looks at me like he had no clue what the fuck that I was talking about. And he goes, I'm not doing overtime. I got, I'm not even, I'm lucky if I got two fucking minutes. Fuck overtime. <laughs> I'm like, but still, they're EBI rules. And he looked at me and said, what the fuck is EBI? <laughs> and I, I'm trying this to This lines up him. perfectly, by the way, with the Phil Baroni narrative. Just sort of arrives. They must have been shocked to arrive. Obviously, they had a backup plan. That's amazing. I mean, um, yeah, so I'm like, I'm trying to explain to Phil what EBI rules are. It's not computing. He's not getting it. <laughs> so, okay, whatever. So, I fully expect AJ, I mean, I fully expected AJ to whip his ass. So, we get out there, and um, the match happens. And to my surprise, Phil is fucking doing good. I mean, he gets him, like, in, that, in like a little Russian tie-up where he's fucking up AJ's arm. And then he takes AJ down, and then the whole the crowd loved it. The whole crowd went from being fuck Phil Baroni, the jabroni, to pro Phil Baroni. Um, and he, you know, he threw the fake punches that they might be hitting you right now, and the crowd beating it up. Survives, goes ten minutes off of literally. He did not train for this. Took it on a short notice. Jumped in, does it, and goes with the best, one of the best. And he got, he's got to be one of the top guys out there. And he goes 10 minutes. Phil wanted to walk out after the 10 minutes were over. And he was going to walk out. So he tells me, he looks at me, I didn't realize how mad he was yet, you know, after the thing was over. And he's like, and I'm like, dude, you did fucking great. I'm like, oh, my God. And he's like, fuck. He's screaming, fuck. And he starts smashing the table and throwing shit and kicking shit. And he's like, I just wanted to walk out. He's like, I wanted to flip off AJ. I wanted to flip off the crowd. Flip off chill and say, fuck all you guys, I'm the winner, and walk right out of the cage. You know, my stupid fucking corner told me to stay there and finish the match. 
And I'm like, wow, that would have been pretty epic. And he's like, actually, I right. would have been a huge fan fuck of that. My corner. He's all, fuck my corner. They <laughs> fucked all this up. I never said those fucking guys in my corner. He started smashing the table again. Breaks the table. He's like, I should have had you on my corner. You would have walked out with me, right? I'm like, you know what? I thought that would have been a pretty damn good idea, actually. <laughs> no one's ever done it before. Everyone would be talking about it. He's like, yeah, I'm going into pro wrestling. It would fit just perfect. And he was pretty pissed. <laughs> he was pissed that he listened to the advice of the corner and did the overtime when he wanted to walk out and flip everybody off. I'm not enough of a diva. I got to work on this. Like, that is sound. He already, Phil Baroni spends two minutes making more of an impact than I do in a year. <laughs> like, I got to get pissed, Raph. This is ridiculous. Well, I got to get healthy. Then, okay, you know, I appreciate you bringing the big mf Message received on this one. I've turned the volume too low. I got to turn the drinking back up. I don't so know what we were talking this. about. I'm just. <clears throat> so at this point, though. Matt, you see that he's throwing a tantrum. Are you at all fearful? Because when you uncage an (laughs) animal and you let them loose in a zoo, I imagine it's something similar effect, correct? Yes, I was. I I had already. I'd already. All this was done. I already. This is all done. Signed the day it was set. The venue set. was wrestling match. And I knew Phil was crazy just from watching him fight, but I always, I mean, I never, I guess I never knew where the entertainment value was, and I still don't know it. (laughs) Yeah, I was a little nervous from that point forward. Well, kids, if you like that. that Also, I was nervous about the fact that they had somebody on standby, in case Phil didn't show up. That should have been And he showed up at the last minute. (laughs) (laughs) That should go without saying. I, you know... I don't know if you guys know this, but there are a lot of times when we have people on standby as guests, and uh, we just keep them there because, again, when you make the call to a Freeman brother or a Freeman cousin, I guess you could say, you definitely don't know if they're going to pick up the line. So we we definitely had somebody here. We actually had uh, Dave on hold as well uh, just because we were like, oh, shit, we don't know if he's showing. he's really tired of backing up people around Phil Baroni, but we just want to keep. So let's say this. You get him booked for your wrestling show. Was that before or after Submission Underground? It was before. Okay, so it was before. And so then you see this information. You're obviously before. failing. That's why you've gone to wrestling. You were like, jiu-jitsu is too hard, verbal taps. Right, right, right. You're such a superior product. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, no, actually, I'll um, try plan I, C. I wasn't getting any competition, so I decided to. Perfect. Take it to the next level and find mm, some real competition out there. I see. And then you decide to go with the most loosest cannon this side of Brian Pillman to really prove us you know, wrong. So, Good job there, guys. So the way that, <laughs> Dynamite the way that happened was I knew I knew Phil's man his pro wrestling manager and he he had started a tag team with um Stephen Bonner and Phil Baroni. So um to be honest with you, I hope Phil doesn't get pissed off me for saying this. I originally wanted Stephen Bonner. Um, because I just Stephen received Bonner a message. Phil is pissed at you for saying it, but go on. Kevin <laughs> Bonner was also going to do jujitsu seminars while he was here, mm-hmm. so it was a double win there. I mean, being a black belt under uh, Carlson Gracie, um, I thought that had been really cool, but didn't work out. He's got a contract with Global Force. He's going to be on pay per view that same. He's going to be on pay per view the same day. 
Well, they're running it. I don't know if you've been able to watch any of it or not. I don't know Global Force Wrestling has been, which used to be TNA, and they kind of merged, has been up in the air. But they got a really cool angle of running now with American Top Team and uh, Stephen Barner. And I'm going to let you know, I was just in Vegas, and uh, I was there with another fellow uh, pro wrestling fan, and they had it actually up on the TV screens. And uh, my wife looked at me. Well, she looks at me and she goes, is that Stefan Bonner? And I was like, yeah. And then she like makes eye contact with me and my buddy <laughs> who are both pro wrestling fans and goes, I don't want to know. And I said, that's fair. You know, I understand that. That's okay. But I, I like think the Bonner idea. will make a great pro wrestler. I really do. He will do. He was trying to do that at Bellator when he brought out a masked man. He was trying to. Yeah. <laughs> right. Definitely emphasis awesome. on trying to. <laughs> He's close. So, Let's say this, because I don't know if a lot of people know this about you, but you've been getting in shape, and kudos on that. We can hate you for a lot of things, but you've been definitely, uh, you've gone from uh, big MFR to kind of like svelte MFR, if you would say, because Moderately you put in the Moderately oversized MFR? What's next? <laughs> like the so as that happens, the, big, the big is not about my size, though, you know, it's about my heart. Oh. Well, well, your I heart think, gets again, smaller, that's too. That's also related to like Weight calories loss. and yeah. the whole cholesterol thing. I don't want to get much into this. It's, but what I'm saying is for you, isn't the... you are losing weight, which is amazing. You're getting in better training. I know you're training over at Stockton with uh, with Tim, so kudos on that. Yeah, I pretty much train with uh, Tim and, and, and David Mitchell both, switch up, go to both schools. Everyone's cool out here. We don't like play that stupid, you know, pick a, pick a flag thing. Right. So I, I've been getting some really good training, and I really feel blessed that I'm around some really tough people to train with. And and Mitchell has some of the best uh, anger uh, anger <laughs> tricks that you could use. Uh, I mean, he's he's definitely uh, a gamer in terms of competition, so that has to be raising your level. But I guess the biggest thing I've seen you do is you yourself have been taking pro wrestling training. I have been, and um, fuck, it's hard, you know? But, I, you know, it's one of those things I always wanted to do and just never did it. And then the opportunity presented it. I went to one class. I took a bump, and I was like, I got to fucking do this shit. <laughs> I got to do this shit before I'm too old so I can't do it, which I'm almost really there right now, to be honest with you. Right. But um, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's really people, like, wonder how hard is it. It's fucking hard. It's as hard as learning. It's not, you know, obviously, there's no such thing as Santa Claus. Um, it's, it's, people think because you got some predetermined thing that it's really easy, but you got to learn a lot of technique here. Mm. It's not easy. It's, it scrambles your mind just like jujitsu does when you're trying to learn shit. Have you gotten to the point where you've, do they let you even get near a finisher? Because I feel like it's a lot of chaining moves and learning the science behind a lot yeah, of it. Yeah, oh, fuck. You know, I'm nowhere near a finisher right now, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm just, there's a lot of shit to learn. A lot of guys come in, and they've never pro-wrestled a day in their fucking life, and they're talking about their finishers and their fucking, you know, their, their gimmicks, and it's like, <laughs> man, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, you got... White belt level, blue belt level, so on and so forth. So it makes no sense to to have a finisher when you can't even get through a fucking match. So I'm not, I'm really not there yet. 
Okay, that's fine. It, baby steps, baby steps. That's good. I am worried I because mean, I've dedicated seen... to training as hard as I can, and I plan on getting there. You so you plan on being in the ring at some point then? I plan on being in the ring and and, and you know doing my best with it. See what happens, Matt? Come on, yeah. like have you thought about puzzling? Maybe getting into PS4, maybe like a hobby that's more you know, age appropriate. What I'm thinking about is Big MF versus Cocksucker Kevin. <laughs> First of all, I don't hate the name. I don't know what it says about me. I don't hate that as a wrestling. I'm going to tell you this much: it's not going to be very fan friendly for like families. No, it's going to be hard to put on a t-shirt. But you know, my friend, the big MFer, gave it to me, so it's time to settle out or be out. You know what I mean? July 13th. I don't know. I'm just throwing. So okay, so you got that going on. The cocksucker. I like the way that sounds. Uh, it's definitely using a lot of letters and words that I'm not sure people are totally in love with. But when that does happen, I understand. But when that does happen, you have that going on. You do look at that in the future. It does seem that you are, I think, ready to take on Kevin's UFC picks. But before we go to that, I want to make sure people know where is it that this is happening? What time? Where at? And how much? And where can people find tickets if they are so inclined to go see it? So, yeah, so number one, if you went to uh, TWF Facebook, um, you could find tickets there. And um, it's going to be November 4th, uh, Stockton Fairgrounds. The um, doors will open at 4 o'clock. Uh, tickets are uh, between $10 and $15. It's, it's one hell of a bargain. But, I mean, wrestling is so entertaining when you watch it live, especially at an independent show. Yeah, um, it's really entertaining because it's not like a giant WWE venue, which that's entertaining as well. Don't get me wrong, but you're really close to the action, and you can really hear the slams and, and just and see what they're doing. And um, it's definitely if you remotely like pro wrestling, ten bucks, fifteen bucks, um, you'll be entertained by this. And tell us who's on the undercard because I, I know that you're talking about uh, you got Phil in this match. You've got, uh, and granted, if that isn't enough to make you excited for the unpredictability of that, I don't know what else is going to help you here. But you've also got David Mitchell, who's going to be refereeing. And I, I am nervous about this because this may harken back to Ken Shamrock refereeing. David loves the leg attacks, and I'm afraid that he may be pulling some heel hooks as a ref. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, um, David actually made sense to me because he well, okay, I'll tell you why I think, David. After the submission on the hill, we all went out. Me, Phil Maroney, and David Mitchell. <laughs> and um, David was... Two people died that, that night. We're not going <laughs> to talk about all yeah, the details, well, but... A couple, of, a couple of bouncers almost died. Um, they didn't know who Phil Maroney was. And um, David was the guy that was able to stop Phil Maroney from going too far when he was about to go too far. And the light clicked off of my head that um, he's the guy, he's the special guest referee, because just in case Phil goes outside of the rules of professional wrestling, um, we need a guy there to make sure that doesn't happen, and I couldn't think of a better guy than David Mitchell. Just in case. And if that does happen, (laughs) hey, people, people will really get their money's worth. Hey, and then, you know, you start a chain reaction. You may have a jiu-jitsu match or a pro wrestling match that you can advertise after that. AJ rips off his mask. 
tases Phil Baroni. <laughs> I'm just throwing out ideas. David Mitchell would see in house that he took AJ Agazarium 10 minutes deep. David would love to tap out Phil Baroni in regulation. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm, I'm positive that's the case. Now, who else is on the card? Who else can people expect to see at so this? So we got um, TWF champion Shane Lockhart, who um, he's a heel. He's a fantastic heel. Um, the guy, the guy's really good. He um, was trained in um, in Minnesota by um, the legendary Ed Sharkey, who also trained the Road Warriors. Um, almost everybody. If you're a wrestling nerd, you've been a wrestling fan for a long time. You'll know, you know who the AWA and Vern Gagne is. So he was trained by some you know, great people. He's a, he's a really good performer. He's going to be going up against a guy that we call Beast. Uh, Beast, when he's not wrestling, he's getting in bar fights and getting arrested. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be, you know, that's going to be one hell of a match. Um, and, and, and we, you know, we got some other up-and-coming guys um, on the card. Basically, we spent all our money on Baroni and Masaro. <laughs> Uh, hey guys, you definitely want to make it out to this event because you don't know who might be arrested or put on a great show. You have no idea. Even <laughs> odds on both. <laughs> and frankly, I don't know either. You lure a few police officers in there, and I like Phil Baroni's chances, even with the weapon. I just think he's trained. So yeah. I was also going to say, I'm not sure, Matt, if you're not at all at some point when you say, oh, I'll be in the ring at some point. I'm like, that some point might be Saturday, dude. Yeah, it might be. You know, um, <laughs> it is very possible I might be taking a few bumps Saturday Yeah, in that ring. Um, true Vince yeah. McMahon of you uh, to put yourself over to make the show work. Well, guys, you don't want to miss any part of that. But, Gev, I think it's time that we transition to play the game of Over Under Kevin. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another installment of Over Under Kevin. This is the game that we use as a pay-per-view betting opportunity between a guest of the show and our one and only Kevin Phillips. The way this works, very simple. We go through the entire card out of order. Each participant gets 15 seconds to say who they think is going to win. We, as always, value more trash talk than actual criticism or analysis of the fighters. Do you both understand the rules, gentlemen? I do. Excellent, uh, Kevin. I'm actually going to say yes, and then you're mm-hmm. going to hear the sound of my lighter clicking up the bong. That's how seriously I take my opponent tonight. I'm insulted. Mm-hmm. Zero preparation mm-hmm. or focus required. Oh, oh, yeah, we actual, know what? Actual lighter. Isn't that like the way you do everything? Zero preparation, zero anything required, no effort to show up and mail in a dipshit performance. Had you said, and hi, you would be correct, but you left it out. So, keep mm. searching for the buzzer. Gentlemen, gentlemen, you save it. Save it for the fight. Okay, go ahead. We're going to save it for this, because you guys are going to have plenty of time to mock one another. Like <laughs> I said, you both get 15 <laughs> seconds to pick who you're going to pick. If I so deem it, you get 15 more for rebuttal time. That is all dependent on me. It is whoever gets the most right out of all of these. And if we go down to tiebreakers, tiebreakers are go-aheads on breaking for performances of the night and fight of the night. But that is so if we get there. Uh, let's go ahead and start very quickly before we get to the actual pickings. Uh, Matt, do you have anything that you want to say to Kev before we start the actual portion of the picking the fighters? Oh, basically, Kevin, you're a piece of shit. 
Okay. That's all I really wanted to say. That can tell the pro wrestling promo class hasn't started for Matt. Kevin, what do you have for us? Yeah, Matt, class act. I'm excited about your life choices. I'm excited about some of the things you're doing entrepreneurial-wise. And I'm excited about the negative eight and a half inches I'm about to be uh, in this game of you. So let's just uh, proceed to the first fight. All right, Kevin, there's no better way to intro that segment. Let's go to our first fight, which is a welterweight bout between Randy Brown and Mickey Gall. Kev, you've got 15 seconds to start us off. Oh, Mickey. Was there a song about this? I don't... (sighs) I don't remember if there's a... You know what? I'm just going to take Mickey Gall and assume there wasn't a song over the Jamaican Randy Brown. Okay. All right. Let's go to our next uh, pick. That is for Matt. Matt, who do you have on this one? You know, this this is really... It's really hurting me because Kevin is such a worthless son of a bitch. But... But... It's painful to agree. It's painful to agree with this motherfucker on any level, but... I cannot pick against Mickey Gall in this fight. So, for that one, I'm going to go with Mickey Gall. Okay, okay. Kev, why do you think that Matt is showing signs of weakness? A one pick in. 15, go. One pick in? You also forgot he addressed me as motherfucker. That's basically 209 for him telling me he wants to date me. This is second mm-hmm. base with Matt Freeman. I don't see how I lose. I'm, I'm, I'm already... I'm, in, I'm inside him. All well, right. because you, you're going to lose because you're a loser, so that's, you know. Oh. Uh-oh. Okay. Just want to make that's sure in the Nick Diaz. I'm not going to say it, Buck. I'm just telling you. <laughs> it's in that. Kevin, never let your guard down against the 209 because they will come up with one gem at the middle of the press conference. Just remember, it's the one that steals the show. Matt, we're going to stick with you on this one in our next bout. It is a light heavyweight match between OSP and Corey Anderson. Go. You know, I'm going to say OSP has had his ups and downs. I'm I'm going with Anderson. I think Anderson gets the job done on this one. All right. Kev, what do you got for us on this one? Well, I well, should I cede the floor for Matt to apologize to the Von Flute community for his insult? <laughs> OSP wins this fight. He's won two. I don't understand why this is on the fight pass prelims. Everyone's going to be trying to log on while OSP chokes this guy with his shoulder. Uh, why is this fight on fight pass prelims? I'll ask you to that, uh, Matt. Well, I mean, this is a very stacked card. I mean, uh, you got some big fights on this. Uh, you know, uh, Dillashaw, Cody... I mean, that's a huge one. You got the return of GSP. So, you know, it's just a mega card, and it doesn't surprise me this is on the undercard. Kevin, are you going to watch it on Fight Pass, or out of principle, will you not watch this fight? Out of principle, you know I won't. But when you get the chance to have James Vick and Joe Duffy go in the FS1 prime spot, you got to jump all over that. Because, you know, before Hendrick's fat oh, ass misses weight it, for the 90th we, we haven't time. even gotten to insulting. You got to make so. sure OSP's on the right. Ah, never mind. <sighs> Title contender OSP. Just never forget that one. Let's go to our next fight. Kevin, you're going to lead us off on this one. It's a welterweight fight between Stephen Thompson and Jorge Masvidal. Go. Jorge <laughs> would be such an improvement. Slowing the personality fast with the kicks. I'm in an upset because I like his smoothness. I'm taking game bread. Horgy. Okay. All right. What do you got for us on this one, Matt? 
You know, you're, you're very right on personality. He is good with the kicks, but Wonder Boy is, man, that guy is really, really good. I think he's more technical. I think he is better. His technique is better and his strikes are better. I think he's taken out the, um, I think he's taken out the gangster here. I think I'm going with the Wonder Boy. Okay, you're going Wonder Boy. Kev, do you have any regrets in not picking Wonder Boy because of the ability for him to change fights so quickly? He's shaken confidence wise. And that's going to stick with a guy. You don't come out your first fight after that big loss feeling great. Mm, interesting. Uh, Matt, you're no uh, stranger to losing a whole bunch. Is that the case? Or, I don't know, describe that for us. You know, I think a guy like Wonderboy, he, he loses a fight, and I don't think it, I, I think it makes him better. He trains harder. And, I, and I, Masvidal is really, I love Masvidal. I'm, I would like to see him win this fight because I'm a fan of, Guys, you come out and fight like gangsters, but you know, it's just he's just not going to have enough to get the job done. Noted. All right, we go to our next fight. It is a women's strawweight bout. I'm actually going to put 20 seconds on the clock for a bout between Joanna Jejanda, who's that chick, versus Rose Nama Junis. Go, Matt. You know, um, God, you just you can't pick against Joanna. Um, I love Rose, though. She's tough. She's got a lot of heart. If she if she gets her anywhere, maybe she gets a takedown and get some good ground and pound. But um, you got to put your money. You got to put your money on Joanna. Okay. No other way around it. What do you got for us, Kev? She's fourteen and zero. She can get her her record can get its farmer's permit in Kansas. This is a tough chick. Rose is awesome. Can't wait to see this fight. But. Uh, you know, blind squirrels find nuts. Ships that don't have a navigation system can get pirated. Matt Freeman made a good call. You know, shit happens. Have you guys seen the promos that they've been using with her? When I was in Vegas, they basically played it nonstop. And it's a very, like, very women's anthemy thing that they, like, break up. I'm, I'm missing what song it is at the moment. But it's essentially like they're just trying to pump her up, and it's like, get excited for Joanna. Maybe? Could you? Like, she's a really good fighter, we promise. We're even buying the rights to this song, whatever this song is. I'm excited. I'm in. I'm fucking excited, but it's, you know, is she, is she a world-class draw? I mean, how many... I could buy her fights, but how many other people could? Yeah. I think the idea is that there. the UFC is now incorporating this kind of strategy of just throw shit at the wall and see who their new draw is. But this is also the third fight on this bill. So we're, this isn't, you know, like this could have fucking headline last card, night's though, card. Yeah, it's, a card. it's very much a stack card. And I'm glad that she gets the opportunity to do her thing in front of there. She's an amazing fighter. She wants to beat Ronda Rousey's record. It looks am, like that could be a very I, possible thing. Raph, am I crazy that we all, as like a grappling and jujitsu MMA community, kind of really love Joanna? Is it possible no one else knows about her? But because I feel like she's massively popular in it, terms of it, us. I don't know, but is she? She's nowhere near the popularity of like where Ronda was at, or another where, where you would consider a superstar. Mm, getting there, yeah. she might be above Mighty Mouse. Like just in terms of fear. Oh yeah, well, well, I'm well, in terms of tallness, I'll Kevin, I think most people are above Mighty <laughs> Mouse. Not, if you're just being honest. Either of you, that's not what I meant. I just want to point out. I I think that she has all the makings of uh, somebody who would 
trend a lot more. I still think the UFC kind of shrugs their shoulders and they're like, we don't know what the fuck to do with her. Um, but her fight record speaks for itself. She's interesting to watch. So I don't know what the disconnect is, but I would like to see them. I would like to see her break that ground. And hey. hopefully if this is the card that does it, that'd be great. Quick between the three of us. You got that page man can't fight as good as you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, quick three of us packed. Mm-hmm. I think she's a heel hook artist so if any of the three of us roll with joanna jedrzejk she heel hooks you tell the other two okay packed over thanks kevin <laughs> we'll make sure to pinky swear that one a little bit later guys yeah. this next fight it was supposed to happen the last time but all things considered will probably happen this time maybe it's a heavyweight <laughs> bout between walt disney harris and mark Godbeer. kevin you start you know how i feel about this He's his last name is Godbeer. He's got a crazy tattoo. He looks like an extra from that Monsters movie with Fred in the nineties. Drop dead Fred. Godbeer's gotta be the person you choose here. That's for me. Godbeer. Alright, what do you got for us, big M after? Oh, you know, this is such bullshit. I feel like you purposely have given him the first pick on any on any pick that I may have picked myself and um because this, right, I mean, this is worse for me than watching the Los Angeles Dodgers win a World Series, maybe to a World Series, but as much as I want to vomit and say this, but I'm, I'm agreeing with the cocksucker again. Um, I got to go with um, it's me. the man with the tattoo and a beard. For those following at home. Kev, thank you. That, that took a long time for you to just say the words, I agree with Kevin. And you should also Not note that said. the last fight that we had... <laughs> Okay, the last fight we had, you had the opportunity to pick first, and then Kevin copied you. So the odds aren't necessarily stacked against you, despite what you might be trying to pull your fake news. But I am fully aware of your tactics. Are, are you an and A's fan? Calm the fuck down. He took a shot at the Dodgers. A's Everybody's or taking a shot at the Chargers. He has to be a, a what are you, a, 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 a Giants fan? You know, I'd have to say I roll with the San Francisco Giants. Oh, for fuck's sake. Fine. Podcast over. No, like not interested in talking about the rest of the fights. He wants to bring it. I like how he brings in the current events as if he's some sort of topical joke comedian that's just like happily bringing in and being like, speaking of the Dodgers, am I right? Talk about Good job. They beat my Royals a few years ago. I'm still not over it. Maybe. <laughs> oh, you're threw his arm off. Let's, I hope it was worth guys. it. Fuck Before on. we bore our, our audience to tears, They're already bored. Exactly. <laughs> I think we should just add to the I want to make sure we there go to our middleweight bout. You have a loyal they, That's people. fair. That's that not their first Listen, time. Here's the thing. You can <laughs> never talk about being bored when you guys spend nine hours sucking AJ's cock, okay? <laughs> I think it's out that on the open. That, that, that right there, I'm offended. That was out of line. You Two hours per I would apologize. Who are you to apologize? Was to that you? his contract? To AJ Agazarm, the most beloved sunshine of all jiu-jitsu? <laughs> to the public fellatio that. gods that obviously orchestrated it? I don't know who we apologize to, but we we'll put apologize. them all on the AJ, is one of the, AJ is one of the best in the business, and you guys disrespected him a long time ago and took something that he did the important message that he had, and you guys turned it into a big joke, and you took away the meaning of what AJ was trying to say to the jiu-jitsu community. Can I tell you something, us. though, real quick? On, if we're, <laughs> we're going to put real stuff out there. Yeah, no way I have really that much power that. over the jiu-jitsu community. I want to tell you one thing. When I was out here, and you were here too, but you didn't come find me at this. 
But at 80 cc trials, you know what AJ said to me when he walked up to me? What did he say to you? Real talk. He actually said these words. Comes up. He has a hood on, by the way. <clears throat> Extra scary. So it definitely has a, like, a very like Anakin Jedi moment where he's like, he takes off the hood. And he Plus, just he goes, can shoot from anywhere. He's got a lot of range. Fucking but he snake. looks at me and he just says, Hey, ref, that was my favorite podcast <laughs> of doing. And I was like, Oh, Jedi. wow. I'm doing great. How are you doing? And he was just like, It's good to see well, you. He's a little bit upset with inside DJ right now. So. What the uh, fuck did you what guys did you do? Guys do? <laughs> you were defending it like, well, How you know, dare you? It feels like. It feels like we egged some stuff on with Jake and we egged stuff on with Wagner and we did some, you know, interviews where they both came on and it feels like it's kind of our fault some of those things happened. But didn't you just <laughs> say that you egged most of those things on? That's giving you guys a lot but more power was, than I would. <laughs> yeah, he was very willing to, he was very willing to comply with all of it. Interesting. All right. Well, I was yeah. very disappointed though. With the, the, I, I, I'm a big AJ fan, but the promo that he kind of SQG was just god awful and horrible. Uh, we're big AJ fans, but we still disagree with a lot of the choices he makes. But none remain. Still a fan. What a fighter! I mean, the hard part about it was he was trying to to quote, I guess, a good promo from the past. He was trying to box with a god, and uh, came up a little short there because uh, Matt Freeman I knows mean, how that feels. Right now. Absolutely. Because the hard part is Chael looking at him being like, you little midget, I'm just a few seconds away from rhyming my way into making you obsolete. So that's what I thought was going to happen. Chael is good. Anyway, let's go to our next fight. It is a middleweight fight between, and Matt, you lead us off on this one, Johnny Hendricks and Paulo Borachina. I think that, um, number one, Hendricks is going to miss weight. The number fight's one. still going to happen, but he's going to be so much bigger than his opponent that his, his punches are going to be too much. He's going to win by knockout. Okay. So, right, Kev, what do you got for us? Uh, hold on. I wanna, I'm putting the whole thing. I want to put Hendricks overweight but wins via knockout. Yeah. This would almost be more fun if we just predicted if Hendrix made weight. Maybe that should be the tiebreaker <laughs> this week. He's not making weight. I have no, no <laughs> question about I agree. <laughs> I agree. It sets ourselves up for failure weight. if we assume he is. That's the problem we've been making. Let's assume he misses weight and no one gives a shit. I'm taking Boracinia straight up. I actually thought I was going to have to disagree and bite the bullet. I think they're giving him a stud to get cranked out, and this is the... I- Johnny Hendricks Bellator party. That's what I think. I don't even know why he's fighting. I don't, I don't know how you could fuck up that much to have a fight on the same fucking card or it, even on any. It's amazing, card. especially as OSPs on the goddamn prelims. Kevin, shut Dana, up. Okay, sorry. here's an important thing to note here, which is that I once made a meme about Johnny Hendricks where he's closing his eyes and he puts his hands in front of his eyes and he's scared to look at the scale. And I have never had a meme be more recurring than that one. Because without fail, he always misses weight. And then that meme just comes back into fold. And I go, oh, I guess it's relevant again. I made this <laughs> I meme guess, like three years ago, but it this. still keeps making it sense uh, the, this future date. On the second part of this, do you guys recall a time when Johnny Hendricks actually used to have fights with... GSP, the head of this card. Remember that crazy wild time God when he damn. made weight? 
I think he was a champion a for a little while. He was a bad man. He was one of the best. He was one of the best in the world at one time. Yeah, it was. It's hard to believe. Well, coming out of Oklahoma State as a wrestler, youthful, nuts, knock people out. Now, if you look at him, boy, his picture is not exactly like the poster. Hey, hey, that's <laughs> like rude. I mean, think you need Jeff to know something here. Disorder. His, nah, I don't think he's he has an eating issue. I'll uh, tell you guys. Yeah, he has the same one I have. And he is the best in the world, guys. Kevin, you alluded to it earlier. You said he used to be the best in the world. He's just changed. He's just the best in the world at eating at buffets now. His coaches can confirm. He's a four-plater. That's all all I'm saying. Let's go to our next fight. It is a heavyweight bout between Boof, Alcacy, Anya Link Mm -hmm. versus Curtis Blides. Kevin, you go. Yeah, first of all, Oh, Linux. And how dare you? This is the asshole with the knee braces that we're all in love with that's like 92 and won't stop beating people. I'm on the Olenic bandwagon. I'm balls deep in this guy's stock. I'm taking Olenic. All right, Matt, are you balls deep in someone's stock right now? 15 <laughs> seconds to you, sir. Oh, wow. Um, that was just a disgusting way to bring me back into this thing. Um, the, the guy, listen, I'm a fan of his. I can't say his fucking name right. Give, you, give it to me again. The guy with a fucked up name. Alex Olenek. No, the other guy. Curtis Blades. <sighs> I'm going to go with Curtis Blades. All right. It's the easier ones phonetically to say. I get it. All right. Let's do this. We're going to our next fight. I'm putting 20 seconds on, and I'm going to start with Matt. And you know what, Matt? I'm actually going to give you more time on this one than I am giving Kevin. And here's my reasoning for it. It is a bantamweight fight between Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw. You have 25 seconds, sir. Go. This is a real incredible fight. I'm most excited about this fight. you got two guys right in the middle of their fucking primes. Two of the best at that weight. I think it's a really, really fucking difficult fight to call. Just just recently, though, Justin Buckles was fired as head coach at Team Alpha Male. So I don't think that goes too well in this fight that just happened. I think that's a bad timing. This fight is going to be so close. It's hard to fucking call. I think somehow Cody gets it done and he wins this thing, but I really don't know what I got to go with Cody. Cody, it is. Kevin, what do you got for us? 20 seconds for you. Oh, happy day. TJ Dillashaw. I mean, sheer odds I see him in Denver. Massively huge. I go by Ludwig's all the time in terms of proximity. So I can't go with Cody. I'm a pretty clear TJ Camp fan. Plus, if we're going to cash any Drew Dober stock, Cody talks shit terribly on tough. I'm so in the Dillashaw camp. It's deep. Pretty bad, but he did grab TJ by the throat. That was pretty good. It was horrible. He he sounded like he, the high school guy that everyone was just like, uh, could you please just figure out that you're gay or whatever your thing is and move <laughs> on? The show did not do Cody any favors when it was all said and done. Agreed. Yeah. He probably knows that too. <sighs> what a day we get to see this fight. And you know, I, I am excited for this fight. Um, Kev, Matt alluded to something here, but do you feel like, what is your state of events with Team Alpha Male? Because 
getting rid of your head coach and then not even getting rid of him completely, just saying like he's no longer head coach is a very strange move to make. What make you of that? It doesn't, I haven't, it never rapidly approaches me just because they're a busy camp. Like they have a lot of fucking fighters there now in terms of how many people are rotating through. So this doesn't happen much in the MMA world. We don't have a lot of camps that overturn like this. I don't think it's as big a deal. Same group of people. Matt? You know, I think it is. Um, I think there's more There's more to this story. You know, uh, when Justin Buckles became the head coach, people were leaving Team Alpha, though, because the coaching, they didn't feel like they had proper coaching staff. They didn't feel like they had enough there for a professional fight team. You had Dylan Shaw leaving. You had Ben Benitez leaving. You had other guys that were saying that they were going to leave. Justin Buckles stepped up and became the head coach. And guys decided to stay with Alpha Mel. Buckles put the team together. He put the coaches in place. He put the program in place. And they went on a fucking tear. And they, the rec, his record is incredible as a head coach. Um, he comes, he's in Alaska. He was on the road for six weeks, traveling. Literally, he was on the road for six straight weeks. He was on the road, but in other countries. He had no breaks. He was all over the world. Needed some time off, goes to Alaska, decides to take on a fight, comes back from Alaska, and he's told, we're not going to have a head coach anymore. We're going to have three coaches that are going to run things, but you're not going to be one of them. You could teach your Muay Thai thing that you got going one night a week, and that's what you're going to do. I just think it doesn't make, it don't make any sense. I almost think that, I think that maybe... Maybe Uriah Faber doesn't want anybody to ever become the face of Alpha Mouse. And I think maybe Buckles is becoming that face, just like the way Ludwig may have been. Interesting. His is Good way more fun. Mine was so boring. This is why I'm not I'm not Phil Baroni edgy. I gotta go to like Phil Baroni camp. I need to hang out with him for like a month, see what I come out as. See, I feel like why the whole, is like, he fired? For what reason they were kicking? He did a great job. It doesn't make sense. It didn't work out with Dwayne. It didn't work out with Campman. No, it hasn't worked out with Buckles. At what point in time do we say it's, maybe Faber is a fucking asshole? Maybe it's Faber. That's fair, by the, the way. Yeah. I mean, there does become a, a time where I think when you are somebody who's major and big that you feel like change is good. It's part of the evolutionary process. If I'm going to relate it to music, there's a certain point where if you're Quincy Jones and you make an album with Michael Jackson, you're like, oh, this happens forever, right? And then Michael in about 1990 goes, Quincy, that's nice. I'm going to do this new Jack swing and I found Teddy Riley, so fuck off. I'm bad, I'm dangerous. I'm going to do something different now. Like, is that what Uriah is doing? Is just saying, you know, as part of an evolving time, you have to change. No way he's doing it with that badass of an accent. There's just no way. <laughs> hey, you motherfuckers. It's me, <laughs> Angry Michael Jackson. That's right. I curse. I do what I want. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me, but hey. What about you? Does this move make sense to you? Do you think it was a good move or a bad move? Honestly, I read the like. I read a full recap of uh, his appearance where he was talking about it. And I was confused... Because I saw Buckles still, like, explaining it pretty thoughtfully and articulating why he thought it was kind of a little bit sudden or surprising to him. And I couldn't help the entire time as I was reading it to think, like, 
I'm still not clear as to why this is happening. But then I also understand the evolution of change and that sometimes managerially you kind of feel like, well, it seems like the right move to change because if you don't evolve, you don't want to be behind on the curve because you don't really get a shot. A lot of people can say in retrospect, like, oh, yeah, you should have fired him like years ago. But like that doesn't matter when you say shit like that. It's got to be a gut instinct or is there's something else that we don't know. So there's probably things that we don't know for sure. I think there's there's definitely something brewing there, but the one thing I thought to his credit was Buckles was at least being very, uh, you know, he sounded really down and bummed about it because he had been there since the, the onset of it. And his description of seeing all these other people go was kind of disappointing. But then to also kind of describe, like, in as much professional terms as possible as saying, like, hey, I'm still going to coach the people who I've always been tight with, or the guys who are my guys. Um, and I think Sounds that's a familiar. tough spot. Oh, no, you're in. right. The, what, yeah, you're right. And um, just being out here in this area, I had the opportunity to talk to Buckles. And the one thing he's very confident about is that he's established himself is, you know, a really good head coach and a really good trainer. He's got a good name in the MMA community. And Buckles is only 34 very good chance we might be seeing him in the octagon again. Mm, interesting. Good to note. You guys wouldn't happen to know that information for any particular reason, would you? That Buckles might fight again? or Just inside that. information on Buckles. Uh, you know, he did tell me personally that he's in really good shape, and he had that fight in Alaska, which was kind of an easy fight for him, and that he may decide to go make more, you know, he's only 34, he quit for coaching, he loves coaching, but that, there may be another UFC run inside, uh, inside Buckles. Noted. And I just want to say that didn't appear in a recent episode of a certain other podcast that we don't mention on those? Um, it may come up soon on another podcast that I know why you don't mention, but everybody knows what you're talking about in the inside BJJ. I just like how I gave you the opportunity... No one cares. I like the idea that I gave you the opportunity to like plug your show, and you were just like, what? Huh? How would I know that? I don't know. I mean, I talked to the guy. Cool. Where did you talk to him on? Uh, dude, he Buckles, told me this. Listen, Buckles, I've talked to Buckles many times. He's a really mm-hmm. nice guy. Party with Buckles. I've gambled with Buckles. Good dude. Question. Sir, what have you gambled no with Buckles? <laughs> hold on, hold on. What have you gambled with Buckles on? Um, when, um, I was with David at a fight to win fight in, um, Vegas and Buckles was there with Axe and afterwards we went to the casinos and then we were all, we were all losing our asses really badly and, uh, Justin Buckles took all the money that he had, he bet it on black and he won and then, um, that changed the course of the night. <laughs> Let's just say that. It doesn't sound like you gambled anything. It sounds like Buckles gambled and you were just there for the ride. I was there and I got to participate in the celebration of winning of somebody else who had won a lot of money. Gotcha. Just wanted to make sure. Okay. So inside BJJ, brown nosers take credit for winning other people's money. Got it. All right. Let's go to our next fight. It is a bantamweight fight between Amy Mann, Zahabi, and Ricardo Ramos. Kevin, you start us off on this one. Doesn't it, I, I mean, doesn't it have to be Ricardo Ramos? I thought we talked about this. Even if Ricardo Ramos isn't 
quite it. It's close enough. That's who I'm taking. Okay. All right. Matt, what do you got for us on this one? You see, I really want to go with um, Ricardo Lamas. Ramos! Ramos! I'm not, because I feel like I've agreed with Cox Hunter too much. Not as much as I think. So I think that I'm going to go the other way on this, even though I don't want to. Zahabe. All right. Well, that's good to know. You had your reasons. Let's go to our next fight. He's it's a heavyweight fight. You never know. It's true. Light heavyweight bout between uh, Ion Cute Labia yes. versus Michael Olkizurjuk. Kevin, you start. I get to pick first. Uh, no, Matt does. Oh. Take that back. Um, you know. Hey, what's up, everybody? Raf here. Uh, I hate to interrupt the podcast in this, and, and no, this is not an advertisement for our sponsors, North South Jiu-Jitsu and KO Sports Gear, who are great. Um, there was a little bit of a malfunction on this week's episode. Now, granted, of course it's going to happen when we have Matt Freeman from Inside BJJ, but here's what happened. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, the track stopped right here. Now, we believe there's another file that has, like, the last remaining two and a half picks uh, somewhere on a computer, but Kevin went on vacation. And, and guys, Kevin deserves to go on vacation and see his family. So we're not mad. We just felt bad because we want you guys to uh, get a true feel of what the end of Over Under Kevin sounded like. That's when I decided to step up. So in order to give you the true Over Under Kevin experience... I will use my powers of impersonation to basically show, you can't really show on a podcast, but but to describe and reenact exactly how things went down. Now, if we do have this audio footage, we will put it on next week's podcast, and uh, that'll be fun into itself. But I want you guys to understand, this is how everything took place after... Uh, where we just left off. So I'm going to pick up right here and uh, thank you guys for understanding. We hope you enjoy it. And here we go. I go ahead and introduce who the two next fighters are going to be. I believe the next fight is a light heavyweight fight between Ion Cute Labia and Michael Olajizuk. Okay. So after I introduce what that is, uh, Matt goes on this whole thing of being like, well, you know, I really think that I'm going to go ahead and pick because fuck Kevin. Michael, great, or Michelle, whatever his name is. Kevin does his whole waffling of being like, well, I don't know. Cute labia is a cute labia, so that's a name, and then I insult both of them. It's about this time I remind them that there's going to be a uh, wager between the two, and I tell Matt, as I always tell our guests, hey, if you haven't come up with a wager, start to think about it, and he says that he already has one. We go to our next fight, which is a lightweight bout between James Vick and Joseph Duffy. Kevin takes Vick. Which, uh, not surprising, considering how much he loves James Vick. I mean, he doesn't really he doesn't really care about either of these fighters, to be honest. Uh, then Matt does this whole thing of like, well, you know, Kevin's a real cocksucker. And I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Joseph Duffy. So, we end there. 
now we get to the point where uh, I actually had to leave the podcast at this point. So we had to bring on a special friend to do uh, a brand of recap. I can actually, uh, I can call him right now if you guys like. It's just way easier to have him run you through this. So give me one second. I'm going to step away from uh, the microphone. Oh, hi. What is up, everybody? It is me. Yes. Uh, our uh, GSP. I have come to recap the, this portion of the show. Yes, no? Anyway, Phillips Kevin, uh, he went uh, second, actually, on this one. But uh, the Freeman Matt, he basically was like, GSP will win because GSP is number one in your hearts and in your minds. Yes, no? Then Phillips Kevin also picked GSP because he is no dummy. <laughs> Uh, GSB, <laughs> love with our rhyme. Uh, so good uh, for you guys to enjoy GSB, yes, no? Anyway, uh, then I was rudely interrupted by one. Yeah, is that what that is? I'll tell you right now, GSP, you need to, yeah, you know, just shut up. Oh, Michael Bisping, I am very uh, angry at you. I do not like to talk uh, or uh, trash to uh, my opponents because, uh, you know, I just, I'm GSP and. <laughs> I would fall flat on my face. <laughs> it's very embarrassing for me. <laughs> Michael Bisping then left away because he saw the, the rage in GSP's eyes or the eye of the tiger. Uh, is that how we say it in Canada? I do not know. Anyway, that is uh, the picks for uh, the fight between us. And everybody seems to agree Michael Bisping could very well beat me. But, uh, you know, I'm the guy who everybody wants to actually see in this fight. Michael Bisping just has a cyborg guy and no one cares about that. Anyway, GSP is out for right now. Ole, ole, etc., etc. And uh, here comes uh, that one idiot to finish up the rest of the uh, pickings. Yes, no. All right, so we get back here. Thank you very much, GSP. Very good to see you. I know we have a restraining order, but it is what it is. Uh, Kevin goes to pick for fight of the night. He says he's going to see the fight of the night between Cody and TJ. And uh, Matt lets out a, mm, you would, you motherfucker. You would pick that. Uh, then says for the fight of the night, it's going to be Joanna and Bora China. Then Matt Freeman says that fight of the night's going to be Rose and Joanna. And then goes on to say that GSP and Cody will get performance of the night bonuses. Now, this is where things get a little hazy for my memory. I do believe that there is a bet wagered, and I do believe that Freeman wants Kevin to do something embarrassing. It's not coming to me. I don't remember what it was. Uh, however, Kevin beat Freeman... If that happens, he wants him to put on nail polish and lipstick on the show. So I don't know how different that is on Inside BJJ. I just assume it happens all the time, just based on the way that they carry themselves um, and the fact that they say the word cocksucker a whole bunch. But uh, yeah, that, that was basically the bet. I forget what Kevin has to do. Uh, it's something really normal for Kevin, too. I don't know what it is. Kevin's already had to leave a five-star review of Inside BJJ on their... Uh, on their uh, iTunes page, and that was fairly embarrassing for him. Anyway, guys, that's the recap of what happened here. Uh, tune in next week. If we have the audio, we're going to go ahead and replay it. Um, we're very, very sorry that we did not have uh, the beautiful language and skills, but we want to encourage you guys to go support Matt Freeman and uh, go check out his wrestling show that's happening right before the big fights this Saturday, so you will have time to do both. So uh, go do that. We're going to have Matt Freeman on back on this upcoming week's episode. We thank you again for your patience. Now, let's get to some of the shout-outs.
what a week of podcasts for us. We're recapping. If you didn't hear, we talked to JT Torres all about ADCC earlier in the week. Now we parlay that amazingness with a really low expectations guest because we didn't want to put too much on that no. next guest. So we're like, well, no. this will be easy. We bring on Matt Freeman from Inside BJJ. You know, we show him a little bit of what we're made of. And frankly, the next time I find that I'm going to be able to fight Matt Freeman, he's getting the KO Sports Gear Insane Clown Gi for me, mm. Matt. Oh, singlet, mm. excuse me. Even mm. if we're rolling in the gi, I'm going to put it over that and wear it. Okay. That's good. Insane. Oh, that's not a terrible idea. What a way to keep the belt situation all set. Absolutely. Uh, I think, though, it, I think the thing is, if you put it over the gi, you have to, like, tie the belt over <sighs> the singlet we'll is work the out issue. The I don't know the exact rules of it, but we'll I'll tell you this out. much. If you guys, you, you little MFers who are listening to this, if you're looking for some real pro wrestling gear, you want to get the pro wrestling gear from KO Sports Gear. Now, here's the thing. These guys don't just cater to the, like, fake wrestling, a.k.a. Olympic or folk or... What's the other one, Kevin? It's folk and freestyle? Something like Greco. That. All of them. I don't yeah, know. There's, All the wrestling. There's American. There's... Re- no, I'm just naming <laughs> American. What would American wrestling be like, Kevin? Uh, is it louder. pro wrestling? Is it's that what pro it is? wrestling. Yeah, I was like, the rest of the world's like, you've got it. <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> we know what it is. So for a real American wrestling... I would tell you guys this. If you guys are going to that show and you're looking for true any kind of wrestling gear, be it professional, American, unprofessional, any of that type, we want you to go to KO Sports Gear. Kevin has a wonderful, insane clown singlet. Uh, I myself, because I love America more, I have an eagle on my fucking singlet. That's how you know I get down. And my thing is, I look at that every day and I think, man... I'm a real fucking American when I wear this shit. And I want you guys to feel that same way, too. Go to KOSportsGear.com. What can you do if you go there, Kevin? You can enter in Verbal Tap and get a discount. You can wear the gi we wear. Magic the Dragon. Mm. Verbal Tap. Enter in. KOSportsGear.com. KOSportsGear. Raph, we got to get to some shout-outs. We got to rock this second podcast out. People are like, oh, we get it. Now let's move on. Um, I'll start. There's still training. You know, the kids program at Jubera Jiu-Jitsu does make me nervous. I mean, I'm happy for them. Obviously, it's a good thing to do. It's good to be disciplined. It's just every day, it's like I can see them. They're growing. Like They grow faster than we get. Well, actually, I get about overweight about the same pace. But you understand what I'm saying? Like They double in size very quickly, and it's like, fuck, why? Just competing all over the place. Nice job over to the team at Jubera, especially the kids' program. Uh, it really starts to pay off. You see it after a few years, and it's terrifying. And, Raph, Kaiser, I'm back this week. I have two appointments coming up at the end of the week with the rehab team. Can't wait to get to more gentle squeezing. That's going to do it for me. I suppose I should... Shout out this person. This is from TBJJESQ. Now, there's a photo of me and Dowell from Vegas. Now, Dowell is a little smaller than me, okay? But this person posted, and they're a fan. We love them. But they posted on this photo of me and Dowell, and it says, don't they take this too crazy, brother. But this guy 
make you look like you have a big head mode on NBA Jam. <laughs> now, I want you guys to understand. I recognize I have a large head. I've always had a large head. It's not something that happened overnight. Um, and I want you to know that comments like this that you would think cut to the core of me, they don't. Like, they don't. They make me laugh really hard. So I saw this. So to TBJJESQ, I laughed profusely when I saw this. And I showed it to Dewell. And, like, Dewell gives you that look like, oh, man, are you okay with somebody saying that? And I'm like, it happens all the time. It's fine. <laughs> and he's just like, are you, are you sure? And I was like, dude, it's fine. And he looks at me and he goes, well, I do have a smaller head. And I was like, don't take this out on yourself. You did nothing wrong. You have a fully proportional head. It took me 21 years before my head was proportional to my body. Okay. You live your life, well. You live your life. Anyway, um, no, it's some great stuff. I really thought it was funny. So uh, kudos to him for that comment of the week here on the podcast. Uh, We'd send you something if you deserved it, but you do not. So shout out to those folks. I want to shout out. um, Let's start over here. Valley Martial Arts Center. Back. So check this out. They've got a tournament. You want to go to it. White and blue belts. It is low cost. I think it's like somewhere in the neighborhood of like 40 bucks, guys. ValleyMac.com. Go there. Sign up. If you know white or blue belts, we're looking for it. And it's kids and adults. Go ahead and sign up. Low cost. Lots of fun. We make sure you guys have a good tournament experience over at the Valley Martial Arts Center. Okay, the other side. Um, we're getting competition classes ready for Nogi Worlds. And we had to take a short break, and I'm so glad that we're able to talk about this now. But uh, Joey House had uh, a super fight against one Enrico Coco. And um, it bummed me out because I wasn't able to be there. Uh, I've done a great deal of work working with the guys, getting them ready for their stuff. And uh, it was unfortunately at a time when I would be in Vegas. But I can tell you one thing from the video I've seen. I got to see video of the match between Joey and... And Enrico, and I can tell you guys very sincerely that uh, our man Joey did such a great job. So proud of him, and it's so nice when you can remove yourself uh, from something, and you can be in Vegas and you can be away, but you can see the result later, and you can see the fruition of a lot of hard work and dedication uh, from one of your buddies. So I wanted to just say. To Joey, who recently got his brown belt, an amazing sign from one John Jock, uh, doing continuously great things. And while I would have totally have loved to have been there, I was so happy to see uh, how he did, how he performed. And I think in that moment, he leveled up. So my sincere congratulations to him. If you guys want to level up with us, we encourage you to come out to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club Monday through Friday, 8 a.m., and then some select Fridays and Saturdays. We have training at 6 p.m. at night. However, the next few weeks are going to be full of a lot of competitions. And if you guys get the opportunity, there's also a competition in Marietta. It's uh, 10th Planet Marietta, our good pal Drew from the USSGL. He is putting together... Uh, a really cool tournament with his folks out that way, low cost as well, white and blue belts as well, and I believe it is Nogi. So if you guys are looking for a place to compete out in the Temecula-ish area, go do that tournament. You may see myself and some of the other guys from the USSGL. So get in on those, and then, uh, of course, um, just again, great stuff going on on those terms, but... If you guys want to be in on the competition classes, get at us. And my sincere thanks to 10th Planet Van Nuys for opening their doors to both myself, Joey, 
and uh, a couple of the other guys as we went to go do some training there with our good friend Mike Frosto. So lots and lots of good stuff coming up. Oh, and I know I mentioned Bushido Battleground with Joey, but can I implore you guys to look out for your good friend, your pal, your homie, one Mr. Rafa Sparza, a.k.a. myself. You might see me on the El Rey Network this week, this Thursday. I think it's Wednesday, actually. Wednesday, El Rey Network. Look for Bushido Battleground. Yours truly will be possibly somewhere on that episode doing something very cool. So keep an eye out for that, you guys. Will do. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and uh, good uh, fight. Is uh, is that how we end uh, this show? Yes, no. Oh, uh, yes, no. Very much so. <laughs>